right now, though, another story we've covered a lot about the federal government, um, and that is the federal government's response to foreign interference in Canada's political system. Part of the response uh, is the formation of what they've called a Foreign Influence Transparency Registry. Uh, they're currently conducting consultation right across the country. It wraps up early next month. It's been going on for about a month and a half. Um, they're speaking with the public, with academics, with lawyers, with members of the business community, diaspora communities, uh, all with the stated goal of coming up with some new tools to protect against foreign interference, which is designed to, as you've heard, shape Canadian government policy outcomes, public opinion, all these sorts of things. And some of our allies already have these kinds of registries. They're already in place in Australia and in the United States. There are some concerns in Canada that the way this is done and what this could potentially lead to could present some risks and actually lead us to repeat some of the more dark moments in Canadian history. So let's find out a bit about that with Dr. Jordan Stanger-Ross, who is an associate professor in history and the Centre for Asia-Pacific Initiatives at the University of Victoria. Dr. Stanger-Ross, I appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Now, to start, we, we all agree here that foreign interference in Canada's democracy is a really, really big deal. So that's not where the concerns lie. This does need to be addressed, correct? Well, my concern as a, as an historian uh, comes also from a period where there was genuine international conflict. Right, Canada yeah, was yeah. at war with Japan, so I don't think you know you know the the concern that I have doesn't stem from um, a view that I have on that international situation. I think you know my concern is when we're in conflict internationally or in tension internationally. What do we do here in Canada? Yeah, and so when we take a look at this registry and the way that it's being, you know, put together based on what we've heard, you know, I mean, just the, the actual, you know, the name of it is a foreign agent registry, right? Um, what are some of the concerns that you have? I guess, first of all, it's pretty broad and it could stumble into some areas where, you know, even charter rights could be infringed upon. Yeah, so I'm an historian, right? Uh, and my, my work over the last decade has been on the experience of Japanese Canadians in the 1940s and the policies directed against them. So when I started to uh, see coverage of the foreign agent registry, uh, it really set off alarm bells for me. Um, and I just, um, and it was the most reminiscent of anything I've ever seen, um, of what, of, of the miscarriage of justice in the, in the 1940s. And so that's what prompted me to write, uh, about this in, in the conversation. Um, and I understand your concern. Obviously, nobody wants to see a repeat of that. Um, give us the, the connection that you're seeing. Is it just basically singling out certain ethnic communities, depending on who were not even ethnic, but national nationalities based on who we're at conflict with? I mean, give us some insight as to why you think this could lead us down that path. Yeah. So I guess if, if, if I were to present you with a scenario where, um, Canada finds itself in international conflict and wants to take some measures, security measures here in Canada. There are political calls for that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a sense that that there's a sense within a wide swath of the population that some kind of security measures are appropriate. Meanwhile, you have living in Canada people who have been subjected to racism uh, for many years and who can be seen as having some connection with uh, and some indeed have connections with, as any migrant community does, um, 
a country with which Canada finds itself in conflict. And then Canada starts to implement policies that instead of being directed at that uh, foreign power, are directed at people who are overwhelmingly Canadian citizens, yeah. um, multi-generational Canadian communities, who've been subjected to um, who've been subjected to racist treatment uh, in the years preceding. So, to me, what that could describe Canada in 1942, yep. and I worry that it could describe Canada today if if we're not very careful to ensure. Okay. Um, we um, we are likely to see tension with China intensify over the next, say, five, ten years, rather than uh, seeing that kind of, you know, dissipate and go away. That would be my guess, or that would be my worry, right? I'll think yep. along with a lot of Canadians. Sure. So if we start down what I think of as a pathway of policies that are directed not so much at China as at um and I think this registry primarily is responding to, of course, those uh, allegations and the current investigation of Chinese interference in Canadian elections. So um, if we start down a pathway that instead is very likely to mostly have implications for Chinese Canadians rather than for anyone living in China, then I think we um, are headed down a pathway um that is that is very concerning that should 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 be alarming um to all of us those those policies of the 1940s and the, the work that i've done um started with registration and then you get a situation where um a policy sort of demands further administrative um decisions the the um what occurred to japanese canadians in the 1940s was not one decision or one policy right. it was a cascade of policies yes. right so you first you register and then uh there's uh, secret investigations of who is working on behalf of an enemy agent and then there's a decision to uproot and in turn and then Policymakers in Ottawa start to think, well, what should we do with all their property? If we're uprooting and interning people, we have to do something with their property. So they assume custodial control of the property. And then that turns out to be difficult. And I think listeners in Alberta, of all places, <laughs> may be concerned about the kind of cascading policies that can emerge once you start down a... Um, a uh, direction of interference and regulation yeah. in people's lives. And, and in this case, um, you know, I think it's a very dangerous pathway that probably won't have the outcomes that, that Canadians want. Well, that, that's the thing. The outcomes is one part of it. Yeah, with the consultation that's, that's underway right now, and, you know, we're hearing from some of these communities that could be affected. We're hearing from business. We're hearing from lawyers and academics, and the list goes on. Is it possible, do you think, to come up with some sort of framework where the guardrails that protect against the things that you're talking about, which are really legitimate concerns, can that be built in in some way? Or like you say, we don't see it the day this happens. It's sort of something that's going to happen five years down the road as this pathway gets started. Well, my worry is that political pressure. So as again, I mean, the reminiscence of the 1940s is so strong uh, to me. Uh, and it's not not something that I've been saying over and over again over the last decade as, as I've been working uh, in this area. But this really is very reminiscent. So you get strong political pressure. Yeah, yeah. And some of that political pressure 
may be mobilizing a constituency that itself is uh, has a narrow view of Canadians or Canadian citizenship. So you do have that aspect of racism that may be mixed in, but a lot of people won't be motivated by that. A lot of people instead will be motivated by concern about Canadian elections right. and Canadian yeah. security yeah. and concern about China. And then you'll have... Um, bureaucrats also who will be presented with more discrete problems and then seek some kind of reasonable solution to the problem. So, for example, this registry, it, it, in the terms set out to... Um, in the terms set out in the public consultation, it would appear that this policy would deal with any point of contact between any Canadian and any person who's either uh, representing a government abroad or an organization that has ties to a government, government abroad, or even an individual with ties to a government abroad. So in other words, Canadians' points of contact with any person from outside of Canada who might somehow, through an organization or through business activities or whatever they may be doing, be seen to have some connection with a foreign government. Well, that's not a feasible task, right? Yeah. That would be, that would be some an enormous... I mean, the number of... Uh, Additional public sector jobs, you're talking about the walkout today, the additional number of jobs required to even create and manage such a registry would be enormous, right? Absolutely. So it's going to require many further decisions. Well, how do we target this? How do we narrow it? How do we, um, you know, if there's a an academic or a journalist or a organization in Canada that has made a statement that's seen as somehow supporting a country with which we have tension or seen as somehow of benefit to Canada, how will we investigate that for possible malign influence, you know? So I think we start down a pathway of a series of decisions with that, that'll be very difficult to set guardrails. And so my inclination would be not to target Canadian citizens for the viewpoints that they may express. That any of us may express viewpoints and sure. organizations may express viewpoints um, that uh, are seen as um, supporting the interests of any number of foreign countries. I, I, I meet with representatives of the Japanese government in my work, and I may express views that, that uh, you know, a, a bureaucrat could see as I don't, you know, I don't know what, you know, right, how exactly, they could yeah. be seen as that, right? So, and, and any one of us might, right? And that I think is not, is, that is not an issue to which we should be addressing energy and resources. If we want to stop the flow of funds, say, uh, directly to political candidates, well, then maybe there's some, something to be addressed in terms of how uh, candidate, you know, campaign financing and so on. Or or maybe we just need policies directed at um, at, uh, at at governments with which we have tension. But I don't think the viewpoints of Canadians or people living here in Canada um, should be assessed for um, um, should be assessed for this uh, alleged malign influence, or that there, the, or that we should be creating lists and registries of people seen as having some uh, of Canadians seen as having some interest in the well-being of those uh, foreign countries. I just think that's that's a bad yeah. route. It's a it's a bad start. It uh, will carry into it, it has a high level of risk. 
of carrying into uh, further policy decisions that that none of us would want to see. Yeah, and 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 the reward is questionable too, Doctor. I'm I'm out of time, but thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate it.